Welcome to Create, Share, Engage. This is the podcast about portfolios for learning and more for educators, learning designers and managers keen on integrating portfolios with their education and professional development practices. Create, Share, Engage is brought to you by the Mahada team at Catalyst IT. My name is Christina Höppner. Today, I'm speaking with Ed Bolton. Ed has been a learning technologist at Solent University in Southampton on the south coast of the UK since 2016. He holds a master's degree in visual communication and a PG cert in academic practice. I got to know Ed through Roger Emery, his manager at Solent University a few years ago. Thank you, Ed, for taking the time today to talk about your love for portfolios and all things smart evidence. Thank you for inviting me. Ed, what did your journey to supporting portfolios at Solent look like? Prior to coming to Solent, I have worked in portfolios quite a bit, actually, on a different platform. But the idea of portfolios essentially had been the same. And it was working with nursing degree, so nursing students. They would have to provide evidence that they were meeting standards of professional practice as well as academic practice. So I found that a lot of work that I've been doing has been merging the academic with professional standards. So nurses would have to go out and practice and they would perform activities that would represent what they do in their day-to-day work, drawing blood, for example. Not only would they have to know the academic part of it, but they'd have to show that they were able to do it in practice and they would then get signed off. Through signing off, we'd have to collect all those evidence. They would also have to reflect on how that process went. So they would write maybe a blog or a journal article or something like that, then went alongside it. The whole cumulative process of reflection and development and building up a portfolio, that's how I moved into it in my previous role. And then when moving to Solent, I took it on because I had the experience. You know, I just had to learn the Mahara platform itself. But essentially what I was being asked to do and asked to support was similar in this whole, we have a lot of professional degrees at Solent and it was a case of just collecting evidence, showcasing that they're able to meet standards. And that's pretty much how we've moved forward it since. Do I understand it correctly then that for the professions already at your previous workplace to Solent University, that portfolios were an integral part because they could show that journey and also showcase and document in a way also the competencies that somebody had gained? Yes, essentially that was a point. I remember talking to the nurse academics. I was given the physical portfolio that they initially had. It was a ring binder, I would say, probably 10 centimeters thick of this contents that they had to produce. And it was all just full of these, as I say, reflections and signatures and things like that. And they would hand the whole thing in. When we moved to the electronic portfolio that was all sort of digitized to selling it was very easy, was a case of that you now no longer need to carry this ring binder with you everywhere you go. You've always got this digital portfolio and it could be shared with you and the academic at the same time. So the academic could sort of feed back on things in real time, as it were. They would look at it at sort of key points and give feedback, but it wasn't a case of handing in. And there was previously a big handing in process. They would go look through and they would be handed back. And that sort of interim time when they didn't have the portfolios with them, they'd have to sort of collect their paperwork elsewhere and they wouldn't be getting feedback on that. So it was a slower process. It was definitely sold to the nursing team who generally I found that nursing and and healthcare are very sort of looking forward for benefits and educational technology. They tend to be very receptive of this. 
you could definitely convince the nurse educators and the academics very quickly. What about the students? Did they take on the electronic portfolio with ease or did they need quite a bit of support? Or how did you actually scaffold the move from the paper-based portfolio to the electronic portfolio then? There was a considerable amount of support. I, as a learning technologist there as well, would have gone into classroom sessions where we did introduce the whole platform to them. In the introduction process, there were two major things that I wanted to get across. The first bit was the concept portfolios. And the crucial bit that I try to differentiate between, let's say, writing an essay or producing a single piece of work is the fact that it's reflective and cyclical. And the second part was the sort of the creation, the curation part. So as I said, the, the students were required to do sort of reflective blogs against their professional practice. So they would have to get all the sign-offs. Then they would have to curate the best parts that they would then submit as part of the assignment. As I said, the portfolio was both academic and professional standard. So you had the professional standard bit, which was the signing off. And the academic part was the reflective process of how they're developing as a person, how they're engaging with the academic content. And that would be partly blogs and they would have to write it up, You'd get a section where they would pull it all together, but they would have to cite all these blocks. So the curation part was crucial in that you're not just giving them everything and then you're collecting all this evidence and then you're showcasing the best bits, the bits you need to meet the academic requirements. So when I was in the session with them, that was the key bit that I had to try and get over because we had loads of support materials in terms of the videos that would show them the nuts and bolts of this is how you enter evidence and this is how you bring it into your portfolio. But I think the crucial part was the getting the concept across to them. Students of nursing would definitely need a lot of support because we had a wide age range of students coming from lots of different backgrounds. So we couldn't make assumptions regarding their digital literacies. So we would have to put on support and continue support regarding the nuts and bolts, as it were, of how you would click and get the things into the platform. I did run interviews at the time to get feedback from those students and to, to help us benefit from how that could go. We used that to help us simplify how we showcased how to get the information in. And in my present role at Solent, I'm less student-facing. I'm more sort of helping with the sort of directly with the academics and the, the architecture and you know, plugins that we put into the system. And we have colleagues who do the similar sort of thing with uh, sort of health and social care and, and other sports science uh, related degrees. And they would be doing very much the nuts and bolts and the support part. But I have created the video help materials and I do a whole video induction to Mahara and the portfolio systems. And I go through the whole scenario of the nuts and bolts of how you cook into it, but that is prefaced with this whole concept of curation. That's how I define it, different from, let's say, an essay or, or something like that, a single piece of work. I know that the nurses here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, that work with portfolios for their competency standards, often use a template because they are very busy and therefore with a template, they can just focus on the content. Whereas, of course, if we had design student or English majors, we might not use a template with them because then the design of the portfolio itself, where they place content, how they place content on it, whether they use multimedia or not is important. Do you also work with templates sometimes, especially for those very structured portfolios, which a competency portfolio might be? 
I'm nodding along as you were saying all those things, but we heavily use templates. When I came to Solent, I found that was the best way of helping easing the process for the students. As you said, those students who are getting professional qualifications are more interested in the learning, the development and collecting the evidence, not so much on the aesthetics of the portfolio. So we heavily template all of them. So we will have academics come to us and say, is a portfolio what we need as part of our assessment? And I'll talk through the learning journey of the student, and then we'll make recommendations based on that. From that, if a portfolio is appropriate, I would definitely recommend for those less creative degrees that they would be designed as a template. It's much easier for the students. I will work with the academics, depending how much support they need. Because some of them happily just go away and go, well, okay, I'm going to build a template, and then they, they go into it. And I have, in other cases, built templates for them, and I will build in the instructions with them. So the academic will say, this is the academic content they need to cover, and I will sort of embed videos into it and text-based instructions or PDF downloads that they can have, and that will just tell them what they're required to do. So we've got a number of portfolios. Some of them require sort of signatures. Some of them require reflective pieces. We will try and segment the portfolio up. In Mahara, you have pages within the collection. We will have sections, and the sections will clearly define what they're required to do. So if they do a SWOT analysis, we'll be saying, this section's on the SWOT analysis, and here's the area, what you're supposed to do, and how you're supposed to reflect, and things like that. That's a very good approach, I think, for scaffolding the portfolio use, because that's how we can guide the learners along the way for filling it out because curating your own learning evidence is not necessarily something that they might have learned before. No, I definitely think that's in part of the support that I give. That's that's the area that I feel has to do most because for some students, it's a case of why am I not giving you everything? This is everything I've learned. I want to you to see everything that I've done. And I think this is part of how students sort of reflect on their work and identify how they're progressing as a person. There are certain key parts of that learning journey that are more valuable. As a student, if you're able to see that in yourself, it helps you identify you as a reflective practitioner. As a person, you have a better understanding of yourself and how you learn. So I think that curation part is crucial. Yeah. Ed, you've told us that you use a competency portfolio quite a bit at Solent University, yes. but Solent has a much longer history of portfolio use. What other sort of portfolios do you use then besides those two at Solent? And why does Solent University actually place such a high importance on portfolios? I'll answer the second part first. The reason why Solent University puts a high emphasis on portfolios is because of the nature of the degrees we run here. They generally tend to be vocational professional practice ones. In the UK, there is a big push for apprenticeship degrees. This is a new thing that's come in, I say, over the last five years, where students can come from a variety of different methods and through an apprenticeship scheme from their workplace, they come into the university and will do a degree. Now, as part of these apprenticeship workplaces, they're heavily structured in terms of the professional standards requirement. And we have these things called knowledge, skills, behaviors that the student has to exhibit. And it's part of a professional standards framework from whomever. So for example, we have a chartered manager's degree apprenticeship. So this is a business days degree, and they will have a framework. There is also a sports and exercise therapy, a degree that will have a similar type of framework. And there's always knowledge, skills and behaviors. We use the competency based frameworks built into Mahara to help with the evidencing of that, because we can place on the front of the portfolio, these are the 
skills, the knowledge, skills, and behaviors you need, and they'll be, you know, written out in text so the students can see them. As the student gets the evidence that they need to showcase that, they'll then make the connection between that area that they're required to provide the professional standard against and the evidence. And then the tutor will then sort of mark it off as whether or not that meets the competency or doesn't yet and what they need to do. And they've got the reflective process within that and the feedback. Sorry, what was the first part of the question? That was more around what types of portfolios you're creating. Oh, the types of portfolios. The two primary areas of portfolios that we'd have is sort of the more traditional creative ones where the student sort of makes a, a mini website. So architecture would be an example of one that would have to create a showcase of their work and they would design that by themselves. They would use that maybe as a job interview aspect so they would have all their work pulled together and the other major section would be as i said the professional standard stuff that we've talked in much depth so those are the two main areas you've talked about standards already quite a bit so might as well get to the part of smart evidence that you've been dying to tell me and yes <laughs> yeah. and to update me on because we've gosh it's already been almost now two two and a half three years maybe that we've talked about smarter evidence last and what could be done and things that you like about it and things that would be good to include so do you want to catch me up on where you're standing with things these days yeah the things i love about smart evidence is sort of as i alluded to before is the ability to tie the professional standard to the evidence that makes it really easy and simple for the student to see where they're at. So they've got this matrix of criteria that they have to meet and they can come back, continue to their portfolio and see which bits they're missing, essentially. So they will then collect the evidence that relates to it, assign it to that standard, and then ask the tutor to verify whether or not they've met that standard through that evidence. I think that's a very powerful feature, my favorite feature, I would say, as part of the portfolios because the degree apprenticeships so neatly fit into this professional standard, they're just tying straight in. I remember the first time we did this, I had to write JSON files. It was a case of me having to write this all out in code and then upload it. And we've seen loads of developments in that, you know, now it's sort of a WYSIWYG function. So you can just type in the competencies, which is much, much quicker and sub-competency and how they all relate to one another. It's made being easier, therefore, to utilize this functionality. We've just seen more of it being used and more widespread. Originally, when I first talked to you, I think it was just one degree that was sort of trialing it. Now we have about three or four different areas who are using it regularly. The Chartered Managers Degree Apprenticeship have been using it, I think, almost since we first launched it. And they've just gone off and they now do it. It's now part of the work. You know, the students have to do the degree part of their work and they have to do the, the framework and they have to present that framework to the, the professional body as well as the academics and it has to meet that standard. So they have to actually present it to the professional body for marking. It's become more embedded. Of course, with smart evidence, you immediately have that built-in structure, yeah. which again goes towards the scaffolding and the templatizing of the portfolio, making it even easier because the academic already has all of that built in. Yes done by your team right yes either by my team or by the academics themselves it's very very structured and i think the students see the fact that it's very clear i need to meet all these standards you know one bit of evidence can relate to multiple standards you know we explain that to them and in terms of scaffolding if you see a gap in the framework then you know that's an area that you need to provide evidence for there's no ambiguity about what i need to do because the standards there is 
Do you know if that visual overview of the metrics page that you mentioned helps the students have a quick overview where they are at in their portfolio? Because typically we have the, the many, many pages that students create and the evidence they put in and the reflections. But what Smart Evidence wants to achieve is that with just one glance at that first page of the portfolio, you actually see where you're at, how many of the standards you've already achieved, how many are still in progress, and also how many you might have to add a bit more evidence or you might be missing a reflection or things like that. Do you feel that has been helping? Yes, it has been. We definitely showcased the sort of visual element of it. So if you imagine the matrix, so if you got down the left-hand column would be all the standards and across the top you'd have all the pages. You have a gray circle that would represent there's nothing there. Then there would be a blue donut that would say, I as a student believe that I have got a bit of evidence and I want the tutor to look at it. So they would signpost, so they could see instantly. We've had to have some portfolios that have become very, very large and there's a bit of scrolling involved. But generally, we have found that they get a little sort of symbol to represent that they have submitted evidence. And then once the tutor has marked it, they'll either turn it to orange, so that means they partially submitted, or green, that that means that they fully met the standard. Sometimes tutors don't use the amber, Definitely, we found that that visual sort of overview made it much simpler for the students to see what they need to produce. With all the functionality that is already there in Smart Evidence, I'm pretty sure that there might be something that you feel like you'd like to be able to do, but can't just yet fully, or maybe even in a different area of portfolio work. Does something come to mind? This is feedback that I've got from academics. It's dependent on the degree that we're working with and always have something they would like to do it. So I remember biomedical sciences tutors said they would like to release competencies on a year-by-year -year basis. So students would have their portfolios throughout the whole degree, but they don't necessarily want to give them the year three competencies in year one. So one thing they were thinking of was to have the competency as expand as they went through the degrees. Other bit of feedback would be that you could relate the competency framework directly to the piece of evidence rather than the page would help. So the tutor would just click on that, it would bring up the evidence and then they could assess it. It's a bit of management at the moment. So when the students have the template and they have the pages with the evidence on it, we tend to try and make it so that it tends to be one or two bits of evidence on that page to make it clearer to the academic who's marking it or feeding back to say, this is the bit of evidence you're looking at. Those are the two areas that I'd see development in the future. That is certainly feedback that we've already put into a proposal and I'll make sure to link to that as well in the episode notes because maybe there is the possibility at some point that a number of organizations can come together to co-fund the further development of smart evidence, especially when there are so many universities that do have these apprenticeship degrees where working with competencies is just commonplace. Yeah, I'm happy for anyone to contact me or to share their experience because it's always great to see how other institutions are using smart evidence to get ideas because it's not just the technology you have in place, it's the process of what you ask the students and the academics to do. And just seeing the innovative ideas that are out there will help. It may not always be a technical fix, it might just be a process fix. It might be a, oh, if you think about it in this way, then it makes it easier for the students to do. And those sorts of ideas when we've had um, Mahara meetups, it's always great to hear of other people and how they're doing things because it's so inspiring to see what they can do with the features they've got. It would be lovely to start those Mahara Hui up again in person yes. and workshop with you. 
it that already takes us to the end of our session today. So I'd like to ask you three questions that I ask everybody else. And the first one is, which words do you use to describe portfolio work to your learners and also to your faculty? You've given me up to three. So I have actually written down <laughs> three. So I'd say the three words would be cyclical, reflective and curation. What tip do you have for learning designers or instructors who create portfolio activities? My major tip would be to talk with their academics and embed the portfolio as part of the whole degree. This is a developmental process. So I would ask them to sort of think about how the students is moving through the degree and how the portfolio is a continual touch point in their personal and professional development. And whether or not you focus it more academic or more on the personal side of how they're developing as a person, that's up to you. But it's a key tenant that runs through a degree. I think that's where it becomes the most powerful. Looking at the other side of the coin, what advice do you have for portfolio authors or learners and students in general? I suppose for students, it would be think of it as a, a habit to develop as part of this. You've got your degree that you're developing. You need to think about yourself as a person and who you want to be in the workplace and continually having a habitual sort of reflection on that creation of evidence really helps with when you finish the degree and you sort of got the certificate and you think, oh, what have I actually done? Then you've got this collection of materials about how you've developed as a person. You can sit there going, okay, this is the person I am now. And these are the skills that I've developed, not just the certificate I've got. And you can refer back to it. It's always easy. Make notes, <laughs> always make notes, you know, use the portfolio to collate those notes, but it's always easier to refer back to notes and it'll sort of spark the memories about what you were doing in your degree rather than just the degree qualification in the end. That's what I also really like about the portfolios because you can actually see the evidence through the reflection. You remember what you had been doing rather than just getting the certificate at the end because that doesn't really tell your story. No, no, it doesn't. No. So Ed, it was really wonderful to have had the opportunity to talk with you today. Your enthusiasm for creating professional portfolios that are progressive, that go through an entire degree, and that are also well scaffolded to make it easy for the students who do need to follow a particular competency framework to structure that using a portfolio and then embedding that fully in a degree. It was wonderful to see that. So thank you for sharing. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It was a lovely chat. Now over to our listeners. What do you want to try in your own portfolio practice? This was Create, Share, Engage with Ed Bolton. Head to our website podcast.mahada.org where you can find resources and the transcript for this episode. This podcast is produced by Catalyst IT and I'm your host, Christina Hoppner, Project Lead and Product Manager of the portfolio platform Mahara. Our next episode will air in two weeks. I hope you listen again and tell a colleague so they can subscribe. Until then, create, share and engage.